Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film friends. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 65. 65. This episode, we're going to be reviewing Bad Hair and the 40-Year-Old Virgin. What are we drinking this week? Well, I always do a beer. I know. And this is pumpkin season. Oh, God. And I could wax poetically. Seems to be the catchphrase of the day for me. I know. But um, I could just go on and on about how much I like also Black is Beautiful. Yes. Because they do have another one I'm meaning to try out. Gun Hill and one I really enjoyed. Uh, yeah, Gun Hill Brewery mm-hmm. with the Dolce de Leche, but maybe yeah. we'll do that next episode. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, because of COVID, it's hard to find the pumpkins. Thank hardcore, God. you know. Maybe not, the pumpkins will go away, and all the pumpkins. The pumpkins too. will never go away. So you can oh, f damn. off, damn, and stop being a hater. Damn, motherfuckers like a pumpkin, and they like a spice. All right. So if you want right. your coffee, your muffins, oh, your God. sweater, your Starbucks, your Oreos, or your or your beer, your Oreos. Too. This is where we got it. Okay, I got. Oh you. yeah, Oreos wherever. It's everywhere. <laughs> so I, what I say is, choose your vice. Right. Maybe you want it in a cookie. Maybe hey, they have a liqueur. I think too. Gross. Okay, well. <laughs> but let, so I digress. Thank you. Let's get back on track. So um, getting off track is where we at. I know. It's our, it's our, it's our bread and butter. Right. Um, but anyway, so watching these films, I felt like taking a spin on the traditional, right? Okay. So normally do the beer, and I do enjoy wine. Um, though I do not discuss it really on the podcast, I do enjoy wine, and we have a great Little local spot called Pompet Wine. Yes. Pompet Wine and Spirits. Harlem, USA. Yes. Look them up. This is where I got this. And I like to thank Stephanie and Joffrey because I badgered them endlessly yes, for did. these two particular wines. Yes, you did. One, there was a rose made by this company that I'm going to review uh, Maison Marcel. Mm hmm. And uh, they have a rosé, which is really good. Uh, apparently, Oprah liked it, too. That's why I couldn't find it. So hard to find. Um, so they release a new one every year, and they have, like, the same old notes, but then they throw in something new every time. Mm-hmm. And so this year was, um, it's, it's called Marcel X. Like, they had, they had a, um, a collabo with J Gold Crown Limited. I, I he redid the bottle, it was a whole thing. But okay. what what they added was they threw in some peach. Okay. So burp, that's not what I'm drinking today. I had that. That's fantastic. Wow. What I'm drinking today from the same winery is <laughs> Maison Marcel's French Velvet. Okay. okay. Perfect for this. Tell us about French talking Velvet. Talking about the black women. Mm-hmm. Talking about black life. 
black is beautiful. So I got a drink out of a black bottle. <laughs> nice. And this French velvet is all of that, right? Um, out of a province I am not dare going to try to pronounce in France. Okay. Um, but you can if you go on their website, marcel.com, drinkmarcel.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, French velvet is, is, is what they say truly generous and unique expression of South Huron. Right. I tried it. You did. You know, excuse me, I'm not great with that. It's all right. Um, okay, so it's a jammy, ripe plum and cherry flavors lead the lush and creamy palate and uh, transitioning into these notes of roasted coffee, chocolate, uh, finally ending with a sweet toasted oak um, and a bacon spice accent. Don't, mm. don't find the bacon spice accent, but the plum and the chocolate, uh, maybe even a touch of the coffee is really nice. And it finishes so well because it's that sweet, twisted oak. You know, sometimes you, you find a dark red, like a really rich red, uh, and it can be bitter. Uh, but this is nice. I think, you know, this would be great with steak. This would be great with, uh, with a chicken that had like, um, like a bit of an acidic sauce maybe. Um, this would be good with anything really sort of hearty, but it's a tasty beverage that you can really sip mm-hmm. um, nicely. Like, can I taste it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's okay. I got to figure out how I'm going to get this to you. Don't worry about it. I'll, <laughs> I'll taste it while we're, well, after I talk about mine. Yeah, take a sip out of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Folks, I'm literally drinking out of the bottle. I mean, it's the bottle of the glass. Choose your pandemic life. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it's one or the other. You know, it's nice, right? Hmm. It's kind of. I feel you, like it's a, it's a. What 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 hit you at the end? Here, here, here. It's it's the thing that I have about wines, but um, I couldn't drink too much of this. It's a little acidic for me, but it's too acidic. For I you? get why you like it. Yeah, I get why you like it. Yeah, thank you. It's too acidic it, for you. It, yeah, I, I couldn't really do that. I, one. I mean, I, I like it. It reminds me of a cabernet. Uh, yeah, but not as bitter. I feel like yeah. Cabernet has a bite to it yeah, a little bit. That that definitely has a bite. Um, but I, but I, but the twisted oak at the end gives you the the sweet ending. But I'm just getting the oak. You know what I like about Marcel too, and I mean I guess a few other bottle of brew, uh, breweries. <laughs> so you say breweries, wineries do the same. Is uh they don't give a fuck about the twisted cap. They're not about the they're not about the cork. Yeah, they don't have to have the cork. They don't have to have the cork for their bottles to remain. And for me, yes, I know this is not like every wine snob will probably shit on me. But yes, <laughs> I want to be able to close it and not have to like find a wine stopper. No, I get it. <laughs> and that works. And I get it. so I highly recommend it. A little twist. Also, it's got that bloodiness to it. Yeah, which works for like. Look, if you look at it, it looks like. Yeah, it's just black and black. really dark. Black and dark all day, mm-hmm. like bad hair. <laughs> you know? Well, I had to go, since we're celebrating everything black woman in, 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 in this time we're in, I had to bring back Uncle Nearest. And this is Uncle Nearest's 1856 premium whiskey. Yes. And uh, I wanted an old-fashioned for this. And I, I went to our friends over at Harlem Hops, 
and uh, Josh, also local, also local business here in, in um, support your local businesses in Harlem, and they're all HBCU uh, members. And um, I wanted to one support them during the pandemic time, especially. But Josh there, who was a, a great bartender and friend of the show, he uh, made an old fashioned for me, and he did it with Uncle Nearest and his little special twist and he told me what his recipe was and I made it and I'm going to share a little bit of it on, on the website. Don't give him my recipe. On our Facebook just to, but I, I shared a recipe with you guys earlier if, you, if you're following us on Facebook um, but it's really good and he has a special little twist to his and, and I know the secret so I, I made it today and it's really tasty. I really yeah. like a good old fashioned. It's really it's 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 uh tastier than I thought it would be because I don't like old fashioned and I think it's the bitters. You don't you don't like the bitters. I don't but. like the bitters, but that his his touch, mm-hmm. his little twist makes it more palatable. And it enhances the the bitters actually. It enhances know, the bitters. I know you don't like it, but I think that it's, it's, it's it enhances the special. bitters, but in a, in a way that makes it uh it gives it a smoother taste to mm-hmm. the, a smoother touch to the palate. For right. me, it's like right. bitters remind me of um, hops. Really? Yeah. Wow. Bitters remind me of hops. Wow. It, it, it's like an IPA of booze, you know. Wow. It's, it's a little too. But you know, the, and the thing about the thing about the old plus fashion, the orange with the right. citrus. You know, I pulled in the orange. I did your orange peel. Mm-hmm. I did the whole thing today. It works. And um, but what I like about the old fashioned is it's a drink that's been around since 1802, yes. and and people have been drinking it in its purest form, it, for years and years and years, especially when it comes to drinking whiskey. And um, it, it's such a great drink. It, it, it stands the test of time, and it's very simple. It literally is bourbon, sugar, and water. That's all it right. is, and, and your bitters. And so I think that when you can make these things come together and taste so good and be hundreds of years old, you, you, can't, you can't beat that. It's, it's, a, it's a cocktail that stands the test of time, and it will be around for generations after all of us are gone. But So anytime you want a really good bourbon cocktail, Mm-hmm. Go to your bar and ask for wherever your bars are open. Go to your bars and ask yeah. for a good old fashioned. You'll you'll enjoy the experience for sure. Yeah, because people like old fashioned, like old fashions or Manhattan. Yeah, or they like both. Yeah, yeah, because I like both. But I, I think that uh, this is good, and I know I owe you guys another because uh, I was on the whiskeys, and I owe you a Canadian whiskey. So that'll happen in the next episode. But I wanted to celebrate everything black this episode, and I also got. Uncle Nearest from Pompette uh, Wine yes, and Spirits. Yes, local wine and So spirits. I wanted to um, bring that back just to just to be a part of this episode because there's so much happening right now in the world of blackness. So yes. it's all about Uncle Nearest right now. All about Uncle Nearest. So let's talk about industry news a little bit. Well, since we're talking about blackness, mm-hmm. go Team Biden. Yes. We have a new president in the United States yes. of America. Yes, President-elect Biden. Welcome back, America, and welcome the very first. Yes. The very first who kicked in the door. Yes, she did. Vice President. Vice President-elect Kamala, Kamala Harris. Harris. And all right, you know, she I love is all those so Harris many folks. things, right? Yes. Right, of course. You love all the all the Harris folks. All the Harris but folks. But there's she's so many things, yes, right? So she is the first. Wasn't she first attorney, black attorney general too of California? I think she. I have think been. she was, mm-hmm. and then she's so she's first uh, woman president, vice president, black mm-hmm. vice. I'm sorry, vice president. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm just speaking future. Yes, you are. Um, You're manifesting. I'm it. manifesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I manifest. I manifest. Um, she is the first woman, yes. the first woman of color, and yes. so and she's black 
and she's Asian. Her yes. mother's of Indian descent. Yes, she is. Um, so she is. Uh, she's also the first Greek. Yes, she is. Woman to ever. She's a so. proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and 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 one of my D nine sisters, the Divine Nine. And I'm just so happy that one, she's there and she's representing, and all of us as D nine members came together to support her. In, 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 in her campaign and uh, and Biden, of course. Mm-hmm. And I think that what's, what's happened as of yesterday, because we're recording this the day after the results were finally given. And um, I think that it's interesting that we're all in this period of hope and change and you could feel it in the air. It, yeah. it literally changed. Like once everybody heard you know that Biden it erupted is, in Harlem. Biden is the projected winner. Right everything just kind of changed like there was a, yes. a a light in the air the sun shined brighter a the, sense of hope the 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 mood just changed i mean we've been right. so covid conscious and then, then all this negativity and Hemmed the racism the and the bigotry racism. and all these things and 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 the fight for just our freedoms and, and our acknowledgement justices right and and you know Black just lives. all these things that have been done against us Yes. For so many generations, I, th- I think there was this feeling that things are finally making a turn. Well, yeah, I think, don't, don't get us wrong, we didn't drink the Kool-Aid. We realized the work is, is ahead of them. Oh, yes, for sure. And the time is now to set their feet to the fire and continue. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that Kamala's appointment meant that he wanted to not only, you know, get a lot of black people to vote for him. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. But no, but I'm no, also telling not. the truth. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> but also, he, I think he genuinely wanted someone in there to be like, listen, Joe, right. we need this, we need this, we need this, we need this. Right. And I know there's controversy with both of them, but the thing is, is we're past that, they're in the office, and now we hold their feet to the fire, and the fight still continues. Black lives still matter. Yes. We need to protect our rights as women. We need to protect the rights of immigrants. We need to protect the rights of gays. We need to protect the rights of the military. And I mean, it's all important because essentially a lot of the rights we had would have been stripped yes. under <laughs> the current administration. And you know what was but, interesting to me yeah. in, in Biden's speech? It was the first time I ever heard anyone speak about the rights of the disabled. He and did. I never well, he was. He is disabled. And he, he spoke on so many levels and, and across so many barriers that right. people don't normally address in speeches. And I think that he is about trying to unify us as a country because it's not about blue states and red states and no. Republican versus Democrats and, and, and independents. It's about us all coming together as Americans. Yes. And I think that, you know, what's interesting to me, what's been so hurtful throughout this last four years is, is all of this spiteful racist rhetoric. rhetoric coming from the White House yeah. and in the fact that our president has been talking all of this stuff and, and trying to divide us as opposed to bringing us together. Right. And I Especially feel like during a crisis. During a crisis, because we're literally, people are literally dying every day. Every day. From, so many. From the COVID virus. And I think that, you know, instead of trying to unify us and bring us together, he's trying to pull us apart. And, and to, even more in the dead. It's, it's, it's just, and, and, and that was even done by Biden and, right, and Kamala. In his speech. They acknowledged all the lives that were lost so right. far and, and how an, they're going to try to make a difference to stop that from continuing. Right. And he's a man that has experienced great loss. Yes. And so I think he I think he has the sensitivity to be able to pull people together in regards to loss. Right. And uh, and di- diversity. But what resonates with me, too, with him, even with talking about the loss, 
he he resonates in this thing of renewal and 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 coming back from tragedy because he's yes. always been able to with everything that's, that's happened with everything that's happened in his life and all of the loss from his from his first wife to his daughter to his son uh, Bo. He's experienced so much death and tragedy, but he's also been able to come back from it and and grow as a person. And I think that's a lesson that we all need to learn. And um, it's it's just one of those things that I'm I'm just I'm so hopeful for where we can go. And you guys have to excuse the noise. I mean, we live in Harlem, USA, and there's going to be background noise. But I think that as to the the texture and the culture of the episode. But um, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I just I literally felt yesterday that I wasn't as attacked as I've been in this country because I just looking at the flags and the people waving the flags at Biden's ceremony yesterday spoke differently to me than what I have been seeing than what I've been seeing in the last few weeks because I was trapped in a Trump rally a couple of weeks ago yes we both, both of us were. were and we visited a friend of ours I literally on the border felt, of New exactly. York and Connecticut. Yeah, and I literally felt like, oh my God, this. If I was in South Carolina where I grew up, I would have been seeing rebel flags. And I actually, when you saw the American flag, it actually looked different to me. So last night in Biden's celebration, I saw the flag in a different way. And the fact that all of those people that were there men, women, black, Latino, Asian, every culture was represented yeah. there were there was muslim people there celebrating yeah, there were everyone everyone was garb. was there and and it was just felt like a unification that we have not been able to see in the last four years well we hadn't seen it since obama right and so it was it was just refreshing to see that and it was refreshing to have a a speech that was about unification as opposed to dividing us so I'm I'm very happy to see where, and to hope where we can go. Yeah, I'm I'm, you know I at least have hope. Yeah. That these people will be able to be cooperative in terms of working with others, in terms of understanding, um, a sense of where America is and what they're going through. I feel like there's representation around them right. Right. in order for them to understand what they need to do. I mean, things are imperfect. They're gonna have. It's never gonna be. It's gonna we be don't a know. We don't really know what's gonna happen with the with the with the Senate. Right. But you know, um, Biden and and um, McConnell have a relationship, and so I think I think things will be able to be more cooperative than they have in the past. Right. So I have hope that they can at least agree on some things, mm-hmm. and it won't be helmed as a dictatorship. Right. Um. And so. You know, for all you who lost, I'm so sorry. And that's a big but chunk of the country. Get the country used is to it. Divided. Because guess what? You were being led down a sad path. And I don't think d- divisiveness is a way to move forward. Right, for sure. So, um, any other industry news you got? I think I'm good. No, we got to, we got to. We just need to. We just need to Alex acknowledge. Trebek. We have to acknowledge and and Alex and rep. Trebek. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just lost Alex Trebek. Yes. You know, that's a that's a dangerous cancer, and it wins every time. Yeah, it seems There's, to. It doesn't. It doesn't take any losses, and so, you know, so sorry for his loss for the, I, everyone for the world's right, loss. Right for of the him. world's loss, and everybody, all the Jeopardy fans and people that watch every every day is he. He will definitely be missed. He will definitely and, be missed. You know, but he and was, he was a Black Lives Matter supporter. Yes, he was big time in LA. And you know, he was an eighty year old man. He lived a full life for yes. sure, but he was definitely a fighter to the end. So I acknowledge his life and 
you know. And all the answers we got. All the education. to his family. <laughs> yes, because definitely, you definitely learn something on Jeopardy yes. for sure. And my mom still watches it every day. So uh, I think that it's something. I think it's something special. One of my coworkers, she sent a, a great tribute out to uh, Courtney, who you who you met recently. She sent out a great tribute to Alex Trebek today because right. she's a big Jeopardy watcher. So I think that it's, you know, it's one of those things. He will be missed for sure, but you know, Jeopardy will go on. Yes, it will. So let's jump into these movies. Let's start talking about bad hair. Let's start talking about bad hair. Available on Hulu. Yes. Exclusively. So um, steal someone's password if you ain't got it. Right. <laughs> Listen, well, let's not let's not pretend like everybody's paying the fucking bill. Okay, let's not pretend. Uh, but for those of you, who for those are, of you who do get your legal Hulu, yes, and, and, Hulu and those of you who don't yeah. get it, how you fit in? Uh, We're not supporting. Uh, oh, I'm not know, supporting theft at all. At all. So you know, get in where you fit in. Right. Right. Exactly. Anyway, uh, directed by Justin Simeon. Pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name right. Written, directed, um, produced, I'm pretty sure. Uh, starring so many people. Uh, Zaria Kelly. Uh, Jay Farrow. There's so many. Drew Scott, Vanessa Williams. Um, Blair Underwood. Blair Underwood, yes. I'm sorry. I'm looking for. Like, where are your words? I'm, I'm looking for Anna. That's not, that's not my words. I'm the, looking for. The lead for young, actress. The lead actress. Mm-hmm. Her name is not here. Don't know where she is. Okay, that's on their fault. Anyway, <laughs> Karina Messiah. Oh, Ellie Lorraine is her Thank name. Thank you. Yes, Ellie Thank Lorraine. Thank you. Uh, who is the star of the movie? Who is the star of the movie? But okay, so maybe IMDb could put her first. Well, they they did it by by status in Hollywood. This young girl who played her is not greater than her. I'm just saying. Anyway, the synopsis is. Thank you. In 1989, an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to succeed in the image obsessed world of music television. However, her flourishing career may come to a great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of its own. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> Campy horror ensues. Yes, it was. And you know, coming off of Halloween, I think it's, it, was, it was fun to watch it from that perspective in the whole body horror yeah. genre because that's really what it was. And, but, um, you know... 1989 was a special year for me, so I, I, I love celebrating that year. Yeah. So and the, the movie had all of the tropes of that period of time, from the music to the, the clothes, right. the the lighting, and the, the, the strange angles, I think, kind of kept Very every, strange uh, everybody off kilter. It went off at some point, and we were like, what the fuck? Yeah, what, what's happening? But, I, I you know, and we've been watching... Simeon for a while on yeah. Dear White People. Dear White People. And we love Dear White People. Because that's his, yes, because during the pandemic, we kind of binged Dear White People we for did. sure. We did. I'm waiting we, for the new season. We literally watched every season in the in the first weeks it of the pandemic. Good. And and um, he has a good way of, in all of his work in that series, he has a good way. It's on Netflix, folks, by the way. No, um, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu, Hulu too? Hulu exclusively. 
Oh, it switched. No, it never switched. It was on Hulu exclusively. But That's I was why. watching it on Netflix. No, honey, I watched it with you, and it was on Hulu. But I've watched it on Netflix, You too. haven't. It's not on Netflix. It's a Hulu exclusive show. Really? Yes, absolutely. We got to look that up, because I literally was we watching don't. it we on We don't. We were that. talking about it before we started. Oh, maybe the movie, the movie, the original movie was what I watched on Netflix. There is no original movie. No, the one with, uh, what's her name? The original Dear movie. Dear White People is on Netflix, but who? Right. But Bad Hair is on Hulu exclusively. Oh, I'm sorry, but I'm not. But I'm talking about. Yes, you're right. You talking about but Dear White People? I'm talking about Dear White People. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's the point. Okay. But um, that's how I got used to the show. But um, the thing about the, his show is, I think that he's been able to. He's been able to do some things on that show, that one was. Almost revolutionary in the fact that he yeah. brought so many different kinds of characters. So together, many different types of characters you know, within the black diaspora. Right, and talk about the the black experience from the college experience. From the college experience. He even dipped into a Tyler Perry esque sort of episode and spoke about, uh, as we know how we dislike Tyler Perry, about the um, the the misappropriate not misappropriation the 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 demeaning of the culture. In mm-hmm. the in the guise of making entertainment, right, right, and what you have to go there, and I think this yeah. movie kind of taps into that. This movie taps into that for sure. Yeah. It taps on that a little bit as well. So, what were your thoughts about the movie, Tawana? Well, I feel like okay. So, I read a I read a couple articles about it. There's one in the New York Times. Um, was it New York Times? It was Vulture, I think, actually, that says that he actually meant this. It says that he fails the very audience it seeks to reflect. He actually meant this to be a tribute, and he had a brief pre-recorded um, video when they did their drive-in for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the he, release of the movie. For the release of the movie. And he he meant this as a bit of a tribute to black women and their struggle with hair. And uh, as a black woman, I'm telling you, this was not a tribute. I think he tried to make it a tribute I think it got bogged down along the way with his campy horror. Because there were so many things he was trying he to was do. He was doing too many things at once, and I think they all got muddied along the way. And mm-hmm. I understand that happens. This is no tribute. I mean, you do exhibit some of the tropes that we that 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 that, black that exists within black, especially black women, black women, right? Exactly. And you do you do touch on the pain of it and the. The gift and the curse, and the and and the um, the European standard of beauty versus the natural way that we now are following right women with with the, with the and I'm gonna talk about this a little more, but within the, with the incarnation of the Crown Act that prevents people from firing you based off your hairstyle, right, which is really predominantly geared at black women, right, uh, women of the African diaspora. And now men, because if they wear locks, they and get, now men, they because if they wear too. locks or flat tops or mm-hmm. afros or any right. sort of thing like that, it prevents them from firing you for that particular reason. Right. Um, which really comes back to white supremacy, which really always but comes we're, back we're to white gonna, supremacy. We're just acknowledge white You're, supremacy in the room. How, 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 uh, you know. In a sense, they they deem it hair. It's not right to we all is, look the same. Right, hair is evil. The need to succeed is the need to assimilate. You know, to conform to the European standard of beauty in order to succeed. It's mm-hmm. all nonsense. We right. don't have to be Barbie dolls to succeed in this world. 
I think Kamala is showing that. Yes. I think at some point, <laughs> yes. you know, when people walk out to marry, it says a lot, you right. know. For um, sure. It says a lot about the uh, the 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 represent representation of your culture. Right. What I can say for the filmmaking of it, um, I will give them that they did they did succeed in the horror aspect. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's a there's a section at the beginning where they're bagging hair, very much like you probably seen in like. Um, what was Chris Rock's documentary? Good Hair, I think it was called. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And they were bagging hair, a lot of hair that is weaved or, I mean, now weaves are not as big because this was the 80s. Right. It's more wigs now, and then women have an option to switch out and do natural styles and protective styles and then go back to their wigs. And so the hair is bagged. And it's made to look evil, right? <laughs> yes, it's bagged. And all this evil music and yeah. tone and right. look and comes into play. I mean, even the whole thing with Laverne Cox, who is this uh, hairdresser, but she's also like an evil fairy godmother, right? right? And she's got tribal markings on her hands and she weaves this magical hair into like this evil magical hair into the woman's and hair. And it was a very graphic scene. Very it, graphic scene. You could almost feel a pain in well, it. it. Well, well, what it does pull out of you is if you have ever gone to a hairdresser mm-hmm. and you ever been called what's called tender-headed, very sensitive scalps. Yeah. Right. Um, and and I, I think I was a little tender-headed at one time or so. Um, the pain that they exhibit, right? The pain of having your hair done is mm-hmm. a black girl's oddly rite of passage, you know, in a sense. And it's one of the most polarizing moments, I think, in a girl's life. You either embrace it or you don't. Right. And, I mean, I could really go into this and talk about my queer life and how I rejected it and still had to participate in it because mm-hmm. that was the way you had to look good. And, yes, and, part and of our culture. In our culture, what we can control is our imagery. And right. so blacks are very big on keeping their hair done and having good clothing and looking well and yes. presenting appropriately. Right. It's always that's why present. we spend so much money per capita. For right. And that's things. also, and we never get acknowledged for it. But right. And that's money. also white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. Because they, 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 they brainwash us to believe that we should look like them and then criticize us for looking a little bit opposite of them. Right. Or if we we flare it up with our well, because we're also black we're also, magic. We're also trendsetters. And right. Trend we're makers. trendsetters. We're, so we're designers. We're, we're creators. We're we're innovators. We have and to twist it up because we take, you know, we take your Benetons and your gaps and we flip it on you. Yes. You know, and you're well, I'm speaking metaphor. I'm speaking from the 80s because yes, gaps and Benetton is not really it now. Oh, but man. I used to love me some that, Benetton. you know, you would flip. So we would wear a, a polo shirt, but we flip the collar. Mm-hmm. We'd wear a jean jacket and flip the collar. You know, it was a thing, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we have multiple shirts. Oh, yeah. But so so that was the thing. So um, so that's pretty much what I take away from it. You know, I I I I enjoy the hair was evil sort of situation. I enjoy the duality itself and how it deals with how we maintain our beauty inside and out when um, beauty and fashion is is sometime all we have. Right. I I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the um, 
the exhibition of women's unfair treatment within the industry. I enjoyed the homage to the 80s, the early 90s with song lyrics as dialogue. So many levels to this from Usher's. Oh, right. Usher was in it. Kelly yeah. Rowland was in yes. it. Lena Waithe was in it. Yes. Um, and so they were fun, actually. They All were, of them fun. were fun. Lena Waithe was funny. So mm-hmm. from Usher's uh, Best Bobby Brown yes. to Kelly Rowland's Best Janet, every shoulder pad that ever existed was in this film, till every 90s character from every movie sometimes mixed all into one. So like... Uh, Lena Waite's character was very Jada, very salt and pepper at one yes. time. Very With her MC geometric Light. haircut. MC Light was in this, <laughs> yes, right? Was. So like Jay Farrow's character was the kid from from House Party. He and was he, literally every black he, man right, from every movie. He was. In the 80s. He was. Um, he was the uh, He was Tupac's best friend in. Poetic Justice. Mm-hmm. He was Q from Juice with a tiny touch of Eddie from Boomerang. Yes. Like, he was everything. And so they even touched on the whole uh, BT's legacy and eventual demise in a sense. Well, you know, the interesting thing about that, and, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about yes. when BT was bought out by Viacom and yes. how they kind of morphed into this new kind of product because for years and years, it was the only place where you would see black music being celebrated and, mm-hmm. and shown the videos. For we did, us, by us. For us, by us, for real, because MTV was not playing our videos it was until Michael Jackson forced them And we to didn't do have it. black VJs. And you you definitely didn't have black VJs. And so the thing is, it was it was a space that we occupied and people love to watch Donnie Simpson every afternoon in Video Soul. And, 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 uh, and 106 all, and Park. And 106 and Park came out of the buy-in to Viacom, yes, which they kind of tapped into with that the block show, right, right, right. But I think it's it's very interesting that you know when you look back on that because for me, in 1989 was the year I graduated from college, so it it was a time when you saw all this change that was coming, and but I remember what spoke to me so much in the movie was this whole thing about how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to represent yourself because starting my career in, in, in advertising and in, in publishing at the time, mm-hmm. you know, just going into a corporate environment and having to dress the part and having to look a certain way right. and, and represent yourself a certain way. It wasn't about how we do it now in the 2000s about bringing yourself to work and expressing your culture in work because right. we were not supposed to do that. You were supposed to represent the company right. and look a certain way so of course in corporate america there weren't that many black people no. so everybody just not in the 80s definitely not and, and everybody kind of looked the same way right and so you know you know shirts and ties and everybody all buttoned up and doing right. and, and and trotting the line and i think we're still to a certain extent still code switching and dealing with that and she was the main character was doing that because she was not the same person at home that she was in the office. No, she wasn't. And, and you know, she was lucky to work in an environment where there were more people of color. Right. So it was good to see that. But I've also worked in those spaces where it was not always an equal working feel. And, and you know, you just kind of have to always navigate because there's always somebody at the top of the food chain right. and somebody at the bottom exactly. and, and how you have to work your way up. And she, she did in, in this whole hair journey was about her working away she could have always just been a natural sister and, and there would have been no problem with that there would have been no problem she was forced from the beginning because right. of the culture because of the culture the that that whole european bullshit yeah. you know you got to have the creamy crack which is perms for those right. of you who never had one 
um, permanent relaxers that mm-hmm. would relax your hair. The white version of it is the Japanese straightening. They are fucking robbing you. $400. You know how much a perm costs? 40 yeah. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. And, and just, just, just so you know. And just Dominican the whole, the whole process again. And you know, you talk about the trauma of the, the beauty salon. Oh, the trauma. I remember going, for me growing up as a kid, going to the barbershop and right. the whole That's a thing, different experience. Yes. But which the, I'm experiencing now. The barbershop experience was something that was very powerful too because that mm-hmm. was a space where black men came together yes. and, and talked about the community and things that were going on. Yeah, of course. And, and for Women me, as well in the bar. In, in, the, in the beauty salons. The beauty and so salons. the thing about it, for me, especially as a kid, because I remember being too short to sit in the seat and they had to put me on this little my old barber, he had this wooden plank that he would put across the seat yeah, they still to raise that. you up. They still have that. So he could cut your hair. <laughs> but for me, I was afraid of heights. Um, so sitting on that plank, I always felt like I was going to fall off. And if, right. if I moved the wrong way, he was going to cut me with those clippers because they were very sharp. And, and you know, you feel that edge of the clipper. And yes. I cut my own hair now, so I know what that edge feels like for yes. real. But the whole thing is that clipper and that sound in your ears. And I remember... You know, when kids would cry out and they would say, you got to be still, you got to be quiet, right. you got to stop crying. And my right. dad would be standing there on the side. You got this boy. You you good. You're going to get through this this haircut. But it was always a challenge. But that was something that me and my father did every weekend on a Saturday, you know, and he would talk to his friends in the barbershop. And it was just a, a it was just a, a community at that right. point. Right. But I think that it's, it's something that be said about how hair has um Hair has controlled our culture. Has controlled our culture for so many, so many, so, so many, many decades. Years. And yeah. I and I like the fact that they they tried to tap into it, but I don't necessarily I like know. I don't necessarily know if this was the right venue to really have the conversation. No, I don't. But think I think that it was an interesting twist on it. What I, I did tried, like yeah. though was the 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 African storytelling and the narrative that Blair yeah, Underwood was doing in the sister. It was, it was a bit of a, a bit of a ghost story, a bit of like uh, African mysticism, mm-hmm. you know, which we saw in a recent film, um, his house with one right, me, right. Who was in Lovecraft. From Country, Lovecraft. Right. And, um, who I'm a, I'm absolutely in love with. Right. But anyway, um, <laughs> she know, but she's mystical. She's, she's magical in all ways. Her acting is amazing. Yes. And she's stunning. Check out his story on Netflix. For yes, folks, we may just good. review that. I think. I think we should. We tap should into because that. I think it's a fantastic, uh, a yeah. fantastic story, mm-hmm. and it's something to be, to be said. For and that. something to be said for horror. It's yes. also a horror film. Yeah, and you know, a different and I and I like the fact that one black people are doing horror movies. Yes, and and, and you know that's the thing that stood out to me about this and why I wanted to talk about this film is because we don't get to do enough of those and yes. and, and to. One celebrate ourselves and yes. not about us dying in the first ten minutes of the film. And yes, you know, it's, it's, I think um, you know, you know Jordan Peele has to get respect for that. Right. He, he eliminated that dying in the first right. Those 10 minutes, tropes, those tropes are done. I don't think. I think if people use them now, they're just blind. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Col- culturally and socially blind because they're really trying to just be that dickhead. Right. And I'm, I'm, but I'm like I said, I'm glad that we're, we're doing those things and we get to be in, in horror movies and we get to be in sci-fi. And we get to be in all the genres of uh, film. Yeah, Af- I mean, uh, look at, look at Lovecraft country. Mm-hmm. Um, Misha green. I mean, Afrofuturism was hardcore. So I, I really love that. Yeah. So I'm glad that they're exhibiting that. But, yeah. um, what are you feeling about 
rating it. What do you think? I'm gonna this this one's gonna get a three and a half for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give it about a three and a half. That's what I was thinking too. I think ultimately it's just a it's just a horror a horror satire. I don't mm-hmm. think it was what he was trying to make it. If he was trying to make it representation of any tropes in black women's hair, I think um, ultimately I enjoyed the film. I liked the idea, but I think it was overwhelmed by so many ideas and scenarios. And Too ways, many things were happening at yeah, one time. Yeah, Ways to Pay Homage, it just loses so much of its important core. I think they were trying to do, like, just be you, you know. Um, I mean, it was missing um, It was missing the, the whole, you remember, I'm going to get you sucker yes. message. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing. It was trying to do a lot of the messaging, right. but it was getting bogged down by the campiness. And so I think it would have been complete if they could have had a better balance, but... They couldn't. So good try, right. Justin. Thank you for helping the, us your out. Efforts, right. But um, nah. And I think that you but know representation is important. And, so you're and out the, there. The lead sister, I loved her, and I really felt like she was wasted. Vanessa Williams was wasted for Vanessa sure. Vanessa Williams, um, Blair uh, Underwood. Blair Underwood. They were very stiff, yeah. and that's not like them. They didn't. At all. They didn't get a chance to really shine. And and the young lady that was his that played his wife, who we know from Law and Order. Yeah. And so many other shows. So many other shows. So many great actors in this in this film because they wanted they obviously wanted to do the work. But yeah. I think that they could they missed the mark on that a little bit. I Usher. That, oh, Usher yeah. was cool. And I think that there was just so many times where they could have really done something. It was just too much to do. Mm-hmm. I think they had so much going on they really couldn't fit it all in the same category. So yeah, it was too much. You know, he tried. I mean, yeah. just do horror camp, don't do representation that you're trying to do. For and, sure. And you just go from there. All right. So, um, moving on to the next fun thing. Yes. We got the forty-year-old the forty-year-old version, <laughs> directed, starring, written by Rada Blank. I love her. I had to research her. I feel like Rada might be a might be a Harlemite. I love her because this takes place in Harlem and yes. Brooklyn. This is a true New York movie. Yes. Radna is a down on her luck New York playwright who was desperate to break through before 40. Reinventing herself as a rapper, Rodimus Prime, she vacillates between the world, I'm sorry, she vacillates between the worlds of hip hop and theater in order to find her true voice. I really like this movie. Um, It's so funny. Okay, so I'm in my 40s, of course. Um, And... I was resonating hardcore with Rodna in her life, in her love life. I was resonating with her as an artist, you know, because truly this is this opens this interesting window into the ebb and flow of the artist's life. So sorry about the 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 EMTs outside, okay? We really can't They're saving stop the someone's sirens. Life, though, so They're we're saving happy someone's that. life. It's a pandemic. We're mm-hmm. in Harlem, disproportionately affected deal you could hear me but thanks for the patience anyway back to it really <laughs> loving how this opens this interesting window into the ebb and flow of an artist's life i'm an artist Vaughn's an artist yeah. kevin's an artist we live in an artistic world um 
And yes, at 40, you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Am I cracking this motherfucker or what? Am I getting the bread? Am I getting some money? Am I getting a full-time job? Am I going to be freelance forever? Right. Like, what am I going to do? And so, what sacrifices are you going to have to make What if you sacrifices get am I going to wait to my work? Mm-hmm. What sacrifices am I going to make to my life? Right. You know, um, and in the, in the course of it, you have actual life events happening you know there could be deaths there could be pandemics there can be you know job loss all sorts of things that occur and so i really resonated with her one as a black woman um two as a a black woman who is an artist right who um is in this world of try i myself am in this world where i'm like next chapter what do we do how do we bring the art with us and still get regular paychecks Right. You know, how do we live this life where we can prepare for retirement, which will never come, but retirement in, mm-hmm. in the sense of where do we go after this next transition to the next transition? Because essentially we'll have three jobs, right? Yeah. Um, three different levels of, of, of work. And so I really enjoyed it. And I, I really, this really took me to a place of, indie New York film, right? Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of Spike. Right. You know, early Spike, I should say. You know, black and white film, funny, genuine, original. This was it shot. Was, it was She's Gotta Have It. It was She's Gotta Have mm-hmm. It, but it was more than that. It was She's Gotta Have It. It had Crooklyn in it. Mm-hmm. It had Mo Better Blues. It had a lot of the uh, originality, you know, very simply shot, but effectively shot. Boca. D.A. Pennebaker uh, uh, style shots, freeze frames, two shots, reflections, minimal light, reflections with family photos and 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 other elements that were inspirational in the work. Um, really, sort of gave me gave me a piece. First of all, love all her fucking rhymes. Okay, we yeah, watched this not long good. before we record. We watched this last night. Yeah. So what what I love is I'm going to watch it again because I really want to listen to those rhymes again because mm. some of her rhymes about being a 40-year-old just resonated hardcore with me. Right. So it's like it's a different world for you when you hit 40. Yes. It's real. Imagine what the world looks like when you're in your 50s. Uh, um, I'm not ready, so You'll I'm going to stay in the 40s for now. Um, keep hanging on, girl. I'm going to keep hanging on until <laughs> we say cha-ching 50. Keep hanging on. Uh, but but yeah, like some of her rhymes are amazing. Um I can go in it, but I think <laughs> I share a little too much already. Um <laughs> That's but never stopped you before. It's never stopped me before. But some of the things she was saying in her rhyme, I was like, bitch, yes. Right. <laughs> yes, my knees. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm horny. Yes, my my relationships. Yes. Yeah. Yes, your memory. Yes, my memory. Yes, I want to sleep at 10 o'clock. <laughs> yes, you know, all of that. Um, but I think what ultimately rings true here is that you have to find your own voice mm-hmm. in whatever way you need to. And I think that's what the podcast does for us. I think that's right. what our work does for us. I think that's what this recent panel we did the did side for hustle us, panel. the side mm-hmm. hustle panel. Yes. Shout out to them yes. and all the guests that were on it. You know, it's it's all about finding who you are, when you are, where you are, and how you are. And if nothing else, this pandemic has really reassured that in a lot of people and either forced you or, dra- you know, rather dragged your ass kicking and screaming into your new life. Right. Because uh, we've had a bit of silence. We've had a bit of time to just chill. 
and figure out where our lives are going, who we are, where we want to be, who we want to be. And um, it has definitely thrown us in the deep end of the pool and shown you that you can survive. And so do that. Figure out who you are, survive, and find the true voice in your work. Well, you know, what, what's cool to me about the movie and, and why I, want, I definitely wanted us to talk about it in this, in this episode was that the fact is that you do go through these periods and, and you know, she was on this, she was on this trajectory as a, in her 30s where she was the one, one of those ones to She was watch a 30 and, under 30. Right, all those kinds of things. And I know so many people who went through that and then there's the 40 and the 40. You know, there's right. always these things. There's the 50. You know, there's always these things in these categories. But right. what happens after that period. What happens after that? You period? know, and, and if and you and you know, you get your awards, you get your accolade, but then what happens after that? And a lot of times you never see that end of the story. You you're just hearing people's mm-hmm. hype. You don't hear about the struggle after that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at look at all the people that have won Oscars and right. you know, and then you're like, What and, happened to them? And then the best new artists in the music category. And then what happened to and them? And then you, they just kind of disappear. And yeah. so it's Fade the blind. It, it's one of those it's one of those interesting struggles. And it's somebody who reinvents themselves every ten years, I'm I'm constantly doing it. So I understand what she is going through and, and, yeah. and especially at forty, because I remember when 40 I turned and easy. 40, 40 was a big deal 40 for me. 40 is fantastic. Because that was the first time. Then the reinvention. And this is the thing that, that I did. I really wanted them to tap into, and they did it near the end of the movie. When you turn 40, you actually become the self-actualized person. If you're, doing, yes. if you're living your life right, you, you, you totally become actualized in who you are as an adult. It you, almost forces you, you to become you, self-actualized. You, you find your place as an adult. You speak your mind. You stop dating the fuck boys and girls. You know, you're not dealing, you know, well, some people still do. but I mean, then they're not self-actualized. But some people still do in that way because relationships are kind of weird. But I think that you, you find it, your it's voice. It's all together. You find, but for some people, it doesn't always come together initially. But what happens is you you start to find your voice as an adult you know you're mm-hmm. living on your own you're not dependent on your parents right you, you're in a different kind of space you have different types of friends you right. have different types of you have different types of people that you right that you live with and, and so with. and involve with and surround yourself with and it's not always about your family per se it's also about your your found family yeah you know that you you build wherever you're out as an adult and um, I think it's been interesting in that. And I thought she did a fantastic job. She did a I fantastic see, job. I see why she won the Sundance Director's Award. The music was good. The it was music very was fantastic. It, it it was definitely New York for me. Super and New York. I love. I, I would love, love a mixtape. So oh, Rodna, get yes, that shit together. I don't know if be, you got it on Spotify. That or would what. be fire. We're gonna have to look for. I'm that. gonna have to look up the Spotify yeah. uh, playlist and see if you got one. Because I think that you know there was so much tribe in there. And, yes. And you know just. There was so much everything. Things that felt like New York. I love the kids in the in the in her classroom. The kids in her classroom were amazing. I love the introduction of queer life. Yes. The kid, the queer kids, the mm-hmm. the poor kids, the 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 kids just trying to make it. Right. And they were all different diversities. Yes, there is a soundtrack on Spotify. Oh uh, yes. We'll rock that tonight as we have dinner. Yes, but I for think sure. that what's what's interesting about it is that you know, you got to tap into that and she was just trying to find herself and even her relationships were interesting. Like how she was, 
you know, how she got involved with her with the guy, but she was still right. navigating her journey in her professional life. And I think right. that's that's the thing that happens in adulthood that you don't necessarily deal with in your 20s, in your yes. 30s. But you definitely have to navigate it in your 40s and your 50s for sure. Right. Because you're you're still trying to be who you are as a professional, but you still want to have a love life. You still want to have these experiences. Look right. at how she was with her brother. Yeah, there you was know. a distance with the brother. She suffered a loss, mm-hmm. and there was a reunification. Right, so it's, it's, it's all these things that adults go through that, you know, our parents didn't necessarily tell us that all these things were going to happen. I'm sure no one told them. But nobody told them either. So I think that it's, it's one of those interesting things that this movie kind of delved into, and I, I like her. I like the energy around it because it felt very normal. It didn't feel like some processed Hollywood film. That's the beauty of no. this indie work, that it didn't feel so overwrought with with the tropes. It was about- The tropes and all the fantasticness of it. Right, it felt like real life, and you know, you know these people. Right. If you're not one of those people, you know them for well, we sure. We were shot, we were like, that's in Harlem, that's right. in Brooklyn, that's mm-hmm. in Harlem, that's, and I think as a New Yorker, it's a, like a badge of honor to recognize spots right. in New York. Right. And these are places that we walk by every day. Every single us. day. And so. so it was interesting to have it. I like the whole, I like the homeless guy who was like the comic relief. Right. And the neighbor who has so much to say the about The neighbor everything. who always has so much to say. We got a few of those. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> More than a few. Who doesn't have a few of those? Yeah. Um, but, um, I, and I like, um, I like the diversity. So they had, they had the Latina sister who was giving her advice as well. And, and the I, bodega owner. The bodega stuff. owner and the Korean grocery store owner. Um, and so it was interesting. I thought, I thought it was fun. Um, so I I don't want to compare the two in a negative way, but in the way that bad hair wanted to be fun, this was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, it was interesting. I mean, when we started, I was like two hours and four minutes. Damn. But, (laughs) but once again, I was in my 40ness. My shoulder yeah. hurt. Right. She was ready to go to <laughs> Cause, bed. Because my neck, I slept wrong one night and right. I've been dealing. And so I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm feeling this. But we sat and we watched it. And then before we knew it, we were on a ride and yeah. it was enjoyable and it was fun and it resonated. And it resonated. It could resonate with anyone who's 40. You don't got to be some 40 year old black woman. You right. could resonate just with the fortiness of loan. Uh, right. So, and alone. you don't have to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sure. could be anyone that is in their 40s and an artist is trying to push forward this dream. Because essentially, right, we become artists and we push in our teens and we push in our 20s and we push in our 30s and we're like, I'm going to do this. And then it doesn't happen. This has happened to me. This has happened to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, fuck. I got ninety thousand dollars in loans. I got, right. um, I got all this years invested in this, and now I want to say fuck you about it. No, I don't want to, but I might have to sacrifice some things, and I might have to do things a different way. I can spin it, but as long as you spin it, is what's important. Right. Follow your voice. Follow the spin. Try and try and be happy in what you're doing. Yeah. At least, you know, it will come. A side hustle could be your full time job. That's for sure. And you know, I, what I what I loved about it was the reflection on her mother, and how she she saw the mother her was mother, an artist. The mother was an artist, and how the mother's life 
did not necessarily turn out the way she thought it was going right. to be, but she still had this sense of fulfillment. And, right, because she had a family and she know, was a teacher and she was a lot of things. Right, and, and so and she still was able to manifest that yes. in her life. Yes. And even if she did it through her children in some states, right. it was a situation of her being able to do it. Right. And and so I think a lot of people, and especially when you come to New York, New York is one of those places. New York and L.A. Yeah. Are, are two of the cities that people always come to when they're trying to create something and, Achieve and do some things in the artistic realm. In an artistic realm. realm. And, you know, for me, you know, in looking at what I want to see myself doing after corporate America, because I've been doing that for a minute, but after yeah. after those things are over, what's going to be next? Yeah, so what's your next step? Now I'm tapping into those things and looking into, the, into them really seriously now, and I and I see, and that's why I understand her, and that's why she resonates so right. much with that's me. That's why she resonates because it, it's just one of those things. Well, what's going to be next? How are you going to turn? What, right. do you, what are you going to turn this thing into? What's my next step? You know, and 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 do right. you let some things go in order to achieve some others? Exactly. What sacrifices do you make? What but sacrifices? You know what was make? interesting to me. And, and, you know, there's been so much conversation around black lives and, yes. and how black lives are represented from other people. Like the, the movie tapped really good into what what your white liberals think. Yeah, black because her America is she had a whole thing with her with her screenplay. Yeah. And one of her, I mean, benefactors. her play, she was a playwright and mm -hmm. the benefactor wanted her to make it about what his white vision was right. and the white supremacy of it. And just seeing us, you know, everything for us does not have to be, and this has been my, my, my point of this whole black, black life acknowledgement during this whole pandemic and everything that's been going on. Like when all these different social media outlets and including Netflix and Spotify and all these things, when they talk about, let's let me here's a way you can look into black life right everything that they showed was some trauma was some trauma bullshit like the help everything was, or, was you know. just not representative true of black lives well i mean if you think about it listen i i, I like netflix a lot it, it doesn't have netflix, to be about black social justice they have stuff. a whole section where like help is a part of it yeah. you know and everything the, is social justice everything is not, social justice not everything is social justice love sometimes things are jason's lyric right you know, look at that old Jada right. film. You know, some things some things are love Jones, mm -hmm. you know. Some of us are just professional black people just trying to make it. Right. We're trying to live. We're trying to fuck. We're trying to love. We're trying to right. create. We're trying to be. We're trying to have brunch with friends and, and have good relationships. Not even romantically, just platonically. We're trying to live within our family's mm -hmm. uh, um, limits. And, and and there's all of that. We are just like you. We are no different. There is not a singular thing that is different against us. Right. We are just brown. But what I love what I loved about how <laughs> she did a, it was right. she to quote my friend Dana Verde and uh taking the piss out of things. She Yeah. How how she very, did very it very British statement. Right. How <laughs> she did it was she would give that look and we all know what the look she is. She would give the look that Kamala gave. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, she would give that look, and yeah. I think that you know, for so long we've been it, we've had to, in order to exist in America. Yes. I know, uh, you've had to be able to acknowledge what they want from you, yes, and and figure out how you are going to deal with that, yes, because we always have to deal with it. We we can't ever live. In we the, don't in live. These, we just deal. we can't ever just live no. in this world. Because we always have to deal with whatever they put upon us, yes, in order to make themselves feel exactly. good. But at the end of the day, White supremacy. At the end of the day, yes. she still was able to achieve 
what she needed to get out of it. Right. Even when, and I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Yeah. Even when she got everything she wanted, she still. She still had to give a good fuck you. She still had to give a good fuck you. And I, and I love that about it. And I appreciated that. 100%. And I, and I just, I think that there are more people going through these things. And if you're in these, in these towns and situations and and lives where you want to do something different, just do something different. Because so many people are going to tell you, you can't, you can't. So many people are going to say, Oh, you're past your prime. You, this is not for you. You're too late. You're You're never too late. You're never too late. You're never too late. And that's the beauty of what I felt from this film. Cause I, I left feeling hopeful. Yeah. I left, I left my room. I left yeah. my apartment. We love, uh, you love, you, your, know, you love your living room. But I left the living room to go to my bedroom. Cause that's how we're <laughs> having to watch movies now. But I think I'm that, okay with it now. What, but what was interesting about now. it was that I felt hopeful and she, and she left me with hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She left you with hope that as a 40 plus person, you could just keep going forward. Yes. And like to piggyback off what you said, most Def had a line in one of his rhymes, mm-hmm. and I think it's apropos considering the forty-year-old version is a rapper, right? Yes. <laughs> he had a line that said, "Every time you keep up, they start changing up the tempo," and that is exactly what happens in America. Yep. Every time we're put upon, we are like, "Hurry up and wait! Hurry up and get this together!" They're like, "Up oh, the record skipped," you know, and. We have at every moment of every day in every life, we have jumped to it. You know, the pandemic, really horrible. Yes, this is shitty. But we always do this. Mm -hmm. We're hopping and skipping a jump ahead of you. You throw it on us and we throw it back. Because we are survivors and we survive in the world in which it doesn't seem survivable. And so, you know what? To like like uh <laughs> like like uh Dave Chappelle said on Saturday Night Live, you feeling downtrodden right now? All those of you who feel put upon, mm-hmm. all those of you who haven't known this struggle, this oppression, this right. life, you you sad? Right. <laughs> you didn't get what you wanted? Guess what? Come get these nigga lessons. Right. Because guess what? This is who we are and this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you have to move forward in the life in which you need to move forward in, or you're gonna fall by the wayside and drown in the waters. Absolutely, we don't drown. We are we are the offspring of those who did not drown. Yes, of those who stayed on the ship and moved forward. Yes, yes. And we're gonna continue to move forward in Absolutely. whatever ship we have. And I'm doing air quotes. Yes, for those you who know, can't for those who it. can't see. Mm-hmm. The air quote ship that we have and that we exist in. Yeah. Just keep moving forward. And it, you know what what this film did that that Bad Hair tried to do yes. was this this it was truly a, a love letter to black women. Everything This was truly a love letter. Everything everything in this film was a real was black about woman. A black woman. And I love the 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 rap battle that she went to with, oh, I love with it. The, the queens of yeah, rap or whatever they were the, called. It's the the queens of rap, yeah. And and how you saw different kinds of black women. Yeah, hijabs. And, and that was the thing that I thought Caribbean was Caribbean women. In that. Uh, light skinned women. You know, you had you know women you had, that were plus size. Right, and you had queer women, queer and women, straight women of and age. everybody in the same place. I love that all that was exhibited in this. Oh, the, the dichotomy of maybe maybe fucking with somebody. Listen, if you're fucking with somebody in their twenties because you're in your forties, guess what? We got the same sexual energy right now. <laughs> <Exactly>. so, 
So, you know, these things happen, you know. Just, you know, don't make them your husbands. Um, <laughs> until, you know, they figure out who or they are. Until they figure out. Until they figure out who they are and what they are. Some people got it. Some people got it. Some people are on the level. In this movie, it seemed like he was on the level. Yeah, he was on the but level. But not everybody's like that, my yeah. exes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Shout out to them. No, fuck them. Anyway. <laughs> This was fantastic. Gonna give it a five, uh, five stars. Yes, I'm giving right? it a five also. Five stars all way. Rodna, keep doing your thing, Please, sis. Please, Rodna. Please do more. I want to meet you, Rodna. I mean, I saw you were in Harlem, sis. I want to meet you. Taking photos outside of the AMC. I want to meet you. <laughs> I would love to meet you. You seem like a fantastic We're gonna person. We're going to tag her on this episode. We're going to tag you on this. Hell, come through, sis. We will love to have a conversation yes, with you for about sure. we'll all your wear process, our masks and who do you what we got to do. Yeah, whatever you need. <laughs> Rapid tests, whatever you need, yeah. sis. <laughs> but this was fantastic, yes. and I loved it. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. For Thank us great you. great sound. Thank you, Ben, for helping. Yes. You know. Thank you, everyone, who came through and listened to this episode. And if you like this episode, please be sure to like share and follow us on all our social media platforms that's facebook instagram twitter soundcloud where we host also words. spotify yes. <laughs> yeah i lost my words for a second spotify um apple itunes podcasts. apple Podcasts, where we also are on um if you have any recommendations any things you think we're missing you'd like us to shout out even to review any make, drinks you want me to try I'm any down. drinks you want us to try listen we're open if you think i'll i'll fuck with an ipa i'll try it <laughs> i'll give you my honest opinion but feel free to use the hashtag hashtag bbm podcast once again that's hashtag bbm podcast and we'll be happy to uh to help you out yeah, absolutely to reciprocate the love thank you so much for being here in this pandemic life we love you we're surviving yes we are thriving this is thriving biden 2020 that's right go kamala we love you girl this is beer bourbon and a movie and a movie welcome back america yes